Thanks for that, Ruth. That's great. I'm afraid you have me twice in two weeks. I'm afraid. Sorry for that. <coughs> um, so, as Rob has been saying, we're starting this little mini-series look, looking at Peter over these next few weeks, looking at the different various aspects or events or themes of his life. And today we are looking at the theme of faith, looking at the, at the exploits of Peter on, that we've just, um, um, just been hearing about. And in this mini-series, we're going to be short and sharp, so ten minutes only, so it's going to be very quick. You'll be pleased to hear as well. So just before we go any further, let's just pray together. Let's just ask God to be with us. Lord, we just invite your Holy Spirit again. Thank you that you have been here. Thank you that you are always here. But Lord, we want to hear you. We want to hear your words. We want to hear words that penetrate to our hearts. Lord, so we ask that you speak to us, Father. Our hearts are receptive. We want to hear your words. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Not long ago, I, I heard a, a, um, uh, about an intriguing survey done, and it was done with 50 95-year-olds. And this survey was one question, and it asked them, if you were to do it all over again, your life all over again, what would you do differently? And, and as the guys doing this sort of survey got the answers back, three answers came through over and over and over again from these um, uh, you know, 50, 95-year-olds. And they were, if I had to live over again, I would do something that lived uh, you know, beyond my death. If I had to do it over again, I would reflect more. If I had to do it all over again, I would definitely risk more. And today we, we, we're talking about faith, this vital kind of component of our Christian journey. And faith is something Jesus talked about frequently. Over 25 times in our um, Gospels, he used this word faith. Over 60 times he used this word believe. Jesus was eager to find faith in other people. He was desperate for it. On only two occasions did it say that Jesus was amazed by anything in our Gospels. Once when he encountered great faith and once when he encountered none at all. And, and in this famous story of Jesus, of, of Jesus and Peter walking on water is, is another great example of somebody responding to Jesus in great faith. And we could spend, honestly, now until Christmas unpacking this story. It has so much to it. I've got 10 minutes, so I have time for just one aspect of this. And it's linked to the 95-year-olds that I just mentioned a minute ago. And that is the relationship between faith and risk. And there was once a man who got lost in a desert and, and he wandered for days and his water ran out and he was facing death. And then suddenly he um, came up, um, across a shack in the, this uh, desert and it had a pump in, um, there in this shack and next to it was a jug of water covered so the uh, you know, water hadn't evaporated and next to it was a note. And this note said, 
pour the water from this jug into the um, pump, it primes it and you get more water than you could ever get or ever need. And this guy sat there and he suddenly realized he had an awful choice. Either he drank the water from the jug and he had a little bit and maybe he died a bit later on. Or else he took a risk, poured it in and had more water than he ever needed. And it was such a big choice for him. He knew it was life or death. So he sat there for an hour looking at this thing. And then he, he suddenly made a choice. He stepped up, poured the water into the pump, pressed the handle down. Nothing happened. His heart sank. He pumped it again the second time and suddenly the water gushed out. He had all he needed. He took a shower. He drank he water, filled his water bottles. And then he wrote something else on that little note. He said, please, please prime the pump. Take the risk because believe me, it works. And you'll have not failed to notice this man was faced with two choices, a safe one and a risky one. And if I was to ask you which option required faith, you'd probably say, well, the risky one. And so this leads us on to our first principle this morning, and it's a big one. It's really important. The safe option never requires faith. And the, risk, and the faith option always requires risk. The safe option never requires faith. And the faith option always requires risk. And if this is true, then this becomes a little bit hairy for us because in Romans 1.17, it tells us we are to live by faith. And if we believe what I've just said, then that means we are to live with risk. And this is vital because I honestly believe that many of us see faith in completely the opposite way. It's actually, we use it as a comfort blanket. It's something that makes us feel safe. It's a buffer against the vast uncertainties of life. It's a kind of cosmic life insurance. And so this idea of living by faith means living by risk suddenly might be a little bit of a shock to us. But if you flick through your, 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 your Bibles, you will see a different reality. You will stumble across story after story after story. Stories that we know how they end. But do you think they knew within it? Do you think Abraham knew, knew that he would reach the promised land as he set off on this wild goose chase with a God that he barely knew? Do you think Moses knew that he would come back alive as he went back to the scene of his murder, his shame, a land where he was the a sort of wanted man? Do you think Peter knew he was going to walk on water when he stood and stepped out of his boat? And how about Noah? Joshua, Gideon, Ruth, Esther, David, Elijah, Paul, we know their stories. We know how they ended. Do you think they knew how it was going to end in the middle of the story? I can tell you, if you want to be a follower of God, a true, radical, missional disciple of Jesus, there is no way that you can avoid a life of risk. As John Wimber, that great Pentecostal pioneer once said there's only one way of spelling faith and that is R-I-S-K. Make no mistake, if we are to live by faith, as scripture tells us, then we are going to have to live with risk. And for those who wonder about this, who, who, who are a bit uncertain, let's remind ourselves another story, a story of Daniel and his three mates, Daniel, um, Shadrach, Meshach and 
Abednego. These four guys had been exiled from Judah to Babylon in approximately 605 BC. And these guys were great guys, good guys, noble actually, nobility. They were handsome and they were brainy. Think Rob Milton and, you know, Joe Rowe and John Sexton, that kind of guy, you know. And, and these guys were soon placed in positions of power. And one day, the king of Babylon, a great egomaniac, you know, the Simon Cowell of his day, he had a great big gold statue put up and he told the whole land, everyone's got to bow down to it. And these three friends of Daniel said, no, we worship God and we worship God alone. And this king was furious. And so he, he, he hold them in, go back a little bit, don't go ahead, ahead too quickly. Uh, and this king was, was furious. And, and, he, and, and he called them in and he said to them, he said, bow down and worship this thing or you will be thrown into a blazing furnace, cooked alive in absolute agony. And, and this is how these three friends of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is how they answered this king. Our God is that we serve, is able to save us from this furnace, and he will rescue us from your hand. So far, so good. So far, so certain. So far, so safe. And then they said this, but even if he does not, you must know we will not worship your statue. These guys believed in the person. They believed in a God. But do you know what? They had no idea what he was going to do. They had no idea. Many prophets and good men and women had stood up and they had paid for it with their life. They had no idea what God was going to do with them. But they were living with faith and they were living with risk. What does a risky life look like? What does a life characterized by riskiness, risky faith look like? And you know, again, we could go on for weeks talking about this. I have one thing to actually say. A person living a risky life for God has things always, has things in her or his life that they cannot possibly do alone. That he or she cannot pull off by themselves. I challenge you to go home. Spend a few minutes, sit down and look at your life. Look at your finances. Look at whatever you know, ministry you are called to. At your relationships, at your work, even your mental intellectual beliefs in God. If all of these things are well within your own resources. If, you, if none of them, if not one of them, forces you on your knees and say, God, if you don't show up, then I cannot do that thing. If you don't have any of these, then I would suggest to you, that you are not living by faith. What do you think the phrase meant anyway? Faith is not mental agreement with certain pieces of theology. It is trust in God demonstrated in risky action. Let me say that again. Peter tells us in this story, and Scripture reaffirms over and over again, faith is not a mental agreement with certain pieces of theology. It is trust in God demonstrated through risky action. As Hudson Taylor, that great man of faith who founded the China Inland Mission said, unless there is an element of risk in our exploits for God, there is no need for faith, is what he said. 
And that is why when Jesus sent out his first 12 disciples on their first mission trip, what did he ask of them? What was on their task list? 12 of them standing there in front of him, waiting for their, their orders from a rabbi that they knew but not really that well. And in Matthew 10 verse 7, Jesus said to them, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. And his 12 followers were standing there thinking, nice one. Preaching is not that easy, but we can handle that. That's okay. And then he launches into verse 8 and he says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And the 12 of them suddenly can't believe there is anymore. This task list has suddenly entered a new dimension. Suddenly being a disciple just got a little bit more crazy, a little bit more radical and a little bit more risky. It suddenly stopped becoming something that they could do with a little bit of effort and suddenly became something they could not do in their wildest dreams in their own strength. And if we are to be the radical, missional disciples that Jesus is calling us to be, then I don't think it's true just for the 12 who sit there listening to him. It's true for us. The task list for you and I suddenly enters a whole new dimension of faith. And of risk. My 10 minutes are up. Please let me urge you. So often what happens on a Sunday. And I know this because I've listened to hundreds of talks on a Sunday morning. It goes in one ear. And then we have coffee and cake later on. And by then it's gone out the other ear. Let me plead with you this morning to go away and sit with God and pray this through. Bring this before God, your life. And your life of faith, asking God, am I really living in faith? Am I really doing that? Am I taking, is there any risk at all in my life of faith and discipleship? Where do you want me to get out of the boat and walk on water? And I'll end with this. A ship was wrecked off the English coast many years ago. And as the Coast Guard crew stood there, looking out over the pounding waves and high seas, a, a, a terrified young member of this, of this crew said, we can't go out, we'll never get back. And, and the kind of grizzled old sort of captain of this Coast Guard crew said to him, we have to go out, we don't have to come back. And Jesus Our captain, our Lord, is undertaking a massive rescue operation of our world in pounding seas and high waves, a job that cost him his life, don't forget that. And he says to you, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you willing to get out of the boat? Are you willing to live in faith and to live with risk? Let's just pray together. As we end. Um...